Welcome to Faith and Science. I'm Dr. John Ashton. When we think about uh, faith, often we think about prayer and people praying and answers to prayer. And one of the particular things I, I notice in, uh, particularly in the little prayer group that uh, we're with, that we often pray for people who are are sick, um, and we pray for healing for those uh, people who are sick. And if we, um, uh, I just uh, well, if we look up, for example, Wikipedia and we Google uh, prayer and healing, um, the the article there, and in my view, Wikipedia tends to be. Uh, not very supportive of uh, particularly, you know, Christian faith and um, and religion, in particularly in terms of the supernatural aspect. But um, they report uh, studies there that, um, as, well, essentially that the scientific studies that have been done uh, are inconclusive. Of course, there are other uh, surveys that have been done that say that... Um, Prayer is, you know, very effective. Uh, there was a, uh, re a review published in uh, National Review um, back in April 2018, which suggested that prayer is positively associated with well-being and physical health. For instance, a nationwide survey of older ad ad adults found that the negative effects of financial problems on health were significantly reduced among those who regularly prayed for others. In other words, people that prayed for other people themselves uh, suffered less um, negative effects and depression and so forth from the result of really, uh, financial problems. And also people who... Um, practice prayer um, tended to have a more positive meaning of life and they had uh, more positive psychological um, well-being. Um, and so, you know, there seemed to be, you know, quite positive uh, results there. Uh, the results from... Uh, a quite a large national study in the United States, researchers found that uh, prayer is psychologically benefit, beneficial for those who perceive God as loving, as a loving, caring God. But it also tended to cause anxiety for those who viewed God as being distant and unresponsive. And I think that was... Um, that study actually highlights a very important point of our understanding of what God is like. Now, uh, for me, as I read through the Bible, um, and particularly as we get to the uh, New Testament, the the picture of, of God as revealed by Jesus, who was God himself, came and lived among us, we can see that there was so much love and, and compassion there shown by Jesus. And even when we look at texts in the Old Testament, we see God, for example, you know, pleading 
with uh, his people that he, he he wants them to come back he'd love to shelter them he'd love to to bless them in in so many ways but god was dealing with um the the people the israelites who of course were had become you know very rebellious in so many ways and had turned to following the the heathen practices and and this reminds me now too of one of the reasons when people ask and often when they do studies of prayer they lump christianity in with all the religions of the world and people you know sometimes uh, say to me well you know how how do you know that christianity is the religion you know what about um all the other different faiths and when we uh, look back at, at history really after the the flood humanity deteriorated very quickly and it it seems that it was the, that there were very few people and abraham was one of them who held on to the knowledge of the creator god of the loving creator god the god that had created adam and eve in this beautiful garden created the beautiful garden of eden and wanted so much happiness and blessing for humanity and uh, was the creator and and so this knowledge of the worship of the creator and the 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 preservation of of god's basic um commandment to love one another which was the the fundamental commandment was to love god and to love one another and then god spelt that out of course as the the 10 commandments and when we look at the development of other civilizations and other cultures around the world and we look at the practices that were carried out in these cultures around the world they were far from loving they in in many of the cultures the practices in my view were powerfully demonic they involved human sacrifices they involved um you know practices that really you know you, you don't want to really talk about and know about um and so that was the depravity that occurred in many of these cultures you know they included cannibalism other cultures for example when the the husband died the uh, the wife even though she might be living was cremated with him these sort of uh, practices um and um the the um the way uh, particularly women were treated in many of these cultures and um you know and the fighting and killing that went on um it was very much they drifted so far away from what god had originally intended and of course god had originally intended even for abraham's offspring to to not have to fight when uh, they were to go into the promised land for example god had planned originally for to send hornets in to drive the people out uh, so that the people wouldn't have to fight you know fighting and bloodshed is certainly not part of god's uh, plan and when i look back at and look over history as uh, it's recorded we can see that abraham's faith and the jewish faith had preserved this knowledge of the creator god and then of course as jesus came and lived that life for us we now have this greater understanding but how can faith work how can faith uh, affect um, health well just recently i uh, was reading a um, an account 
And it reminded me of um, experiences of answers to prayer that I heard uh, as I was becoming to Christian, answers to prayer of, of healing. And I'll talk about those in a moment. But this was a, a, an article that was written by a lady and she talked about uh, Hilka. Um, and, her, and she said that Hilka... This lady, Hilker, had suffered excruciating back pain for five long years. And although still young, the, the doctor said she should be prepared to spend the rest of her life in a wheelchair. Her vertebrae had actually grown spikes and the bone mass was becoming softer. Um, and she wore a steel corset that uh, supported her. Um, lying down was painful. Getting up without aid or bending over was virtually impossible. But at that particular time, she went to the annual church camp meeting and she was thinking of the Bible story of the woman who was healed when she touched the hem of Jesus' robe. And, of course, that uh, story, for example, is found in Matthew chapter 9, um, Round about verses 20 to 22, and I'll, I'll just read it for you. At, um, reading from Matthew 9, uh, 20. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. That's Jesus' garment. For she had said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well that hour. There are many examples, of course, in the Bible of, of Jesus healing people, the lepers, the blind man, the crippled man, and so forth. And so, um, and we know, of course, in the Old Testament too, there are uh, records of the miracles of answers to prayer and, and healing. And at this uh, time, this lady wished how she could touch Jesus. So this lady, Hilka, just wished that somehow she could touch Jesus. And when she got to the camp meeting, she asked, will there be a meeting where you offer prayer for the sick? And it was announced that it would be a special meeting on the Sunday morning for all the sick persons who wanted to ask for intercessory prayer. Now, Hilka was sitting in the morning meeting, but she didn't she um, uh, said that she didn't hear a word of what was being said. She prayed, please, Lord, I don't know if I have enough faith for you to hear me, but please give me that faith. And uh, a group of pastors joy, uh, joined and laid hands on the sick people. One after the other, they prayed for the suffering. And a pastor, Arasola, prayed for her uh, and, and Hilka felt a power pass through her back she felt as if her backbone had been made straight again. And the pastor later said to her, I felt that uh, he felt a healing power pass. And he commented, so I hope that it was you who was healed. Later that day, he decided to pray for Hilka again, but um, he was stopped, he said, and he heard a voice tell him, don't ask, but thank. And then Hilka told one of the pastors, I was healed today. She went home, she discarded the steel corset and was able to get and just do normal housework again. When she did the medical checks, the doctors were amazed 
when they saw her again. And one of them said, I don't know how this can be possible, but your back has been healed. Um, she said her back never gave her any pain again because God touched her back and healed her and she has never let anybody else tamper with it since. And the author writing it says, I know because I was that young woman. And that was actually written by Hilka Ruhi, a lady who um, lives in, uh, in Finland and Sweden. She's, that's where she's lived for most of her life. I thought that was a very interesting personal testimony. And, of course, uh, I, I can remember when I was a young Christian too, um, a uh, pastor, Crabtree, told uh, the story when he was a missionary out in the islands that a little boy had, um, had, had died. He'd been rushed to hospital from one of the islands and taken to the uh, Seventh-day Adventist uh, hospital. And uh, the doctors and nurses tried everything they could, but the little boy had died. And uh, so his body was being taken back um, to the island by burial and had been taken out of the hospital and loaded in a, a canoe. And at that time, Pastor Crabtree um, was walking uh, along or was going to accompany them. He was a missionary in the area and he... He heard the um, he heard the story and saw the little boy's body in the and he said Let, let's pray because Jesus raised Lazarus and he said we got down and uh, and prayed and the island people all prayed and the little boy sat up and um, yeah and was alive and. Of course, I, uh, I've heard um, of other stories like this too. And I, I think um, when we consider these stories, this, the evidence is there, but it's not something that can be subject to a, a scientific study because you know, I, we have a dear friend that we uh, prayed for um, uh, who died uh, not so long ago. And um, she was not not very old, but she she died um, from the the cancer that she was suffering from. And we know that um, there are many times that we pray for people, and and they they're not healed. And that's why when scientists attempt to do these uh, studies of um, and, um, you know, these randomised, double-blind, triple-blind controlled trials of, of prayer and healing outcome, it's, it's not as if every, every time we pray, God is going to answer that prayer. And that's why when they do these studies, they often get very mixed results and the, the results are inconclusive. So if you Google uh, prayer and healing research, you'll see a number of reviews and reviews that people have said, and they're saying, you know, there's so many problems with this and the results are, are inconclusive. You know, some studies show positive effects, some studies don't, this sort of thing. And the thing is that it's not as if God is, is, is there in a, in a situation that he's sort of like, you know, the, um, some sort of uh, genie that's just going to grant our, our wish. We, if we look at this in the context that there's a, 
a bigger picture in terms of the great controversy that God loves us all. He, he would love everyone to be saved. But, you know, Jesus talked about the, the ruler of this world coming, Satan, um, as in control in, to a degree. God is in control overall, but Satan is here doing a lot of damage in this world and wanting to create as much damage as he can. And we, we don't, I guess, know what is happening behind the scenes um, in every case. A classic example would be, of course, in the, the story of Job, in the, in the book of Job. Here we have Job has been deliberately um, inflicted with this disease of, of many boils, of boils all over his body. It's just, you know, I guess he, there'd be pain and itch. And um, um, why, was this, why was this happening? to uh, Job. He's a man who had loved God, he prayed to God, um, he was trying to do the right thing, and yet this terrible thing had happened to him, and he wasn't healed. He wasn't being healed. And we later find out, of course, that the this was a contest between, you know, Satan and and God. And it's interesting, a commentary that um, that um, Ellen uh, White wrote um, that essentially Satan had accused God that he was could not judge character. And so God had said, well, look, you know, there's, there's Abraham there. Oh, sorry, not Abraham, Job. The... Attack on Job was part of this contest between God and Satan, and God had judged that Job would be faithful. And, of course, Satan was doing everything he could to get Job to give up his trust and faith in God as a loving God. But Job was true. He didn't understand what was happening, but he, he accepted it and he acknowledged it, even though his friends were saying, you know, um, weren't really all that supportive to him. And Job came through and in a way vindicated that God could judge the character. And that should give us all hope too because that it shows that in the judgment, God has demonstrated that he is not only righteous God, but he has this ability to carry out right judgment as well. And we know as the beautiful gospel message that Jesus died um, in our uh, places every Easter, we're reminded of the sacrifice that God made, that he suffered the punishment that we really deserve for the things that we've done wrong, and that is death. Eternal death, not so much pain, but death and eternal separation from God. Jesus went through that separation and paid that price on our behalf. So now God is free to forgive us because remember, God warned the people, warned Adam and Eve that if they did the things that were wrong, they, if they went and obtained the knowledge of good and evil by eating that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that they would die. 
And of course, if they didn't die, then Satan could accuse God of being a liar. So God was in this in this uh, tricky situation. But by coming and living in person as the um, uh, as the you know as the Bible says, propitiation or payment for our the the consequences fulfilling you know the requirement of the the law. He um, Jesus paid that price on that Easter time so many time so many years ago to over two thousand nearly two thousand years ago that enables now God to be able to uh, forgive us and that is that is so wonderful and to have a loving God in the judgment that can judge in our favor that is so wonderful and this is the hope that the Christian message has that the Creator God is a loving God and that he wants to recreate us again in a world that is perfect, there's no pain or sorrow, and to live with this Creator God and learn about the amazing worlds and space-time systems and life uh, forms that, that he has created. It will be really wonderful. But I think having that insight that there is an adversary, there is someone causing a a destruction, um, gives us insight as to why all these prayers that we pray for loved ones aren't necessarily answered um, straight away or in the way as Hilke's prayer was answered at that particular time. And I think it's, and this is why, again, Scientists can't sit down and do a study because they can't dictate. They don't what you know God is going to do, and we don't know what is happening behind the scenes. I find that this is um, very reassuring, really, uh, because it means that the the bottom line is that because we have a loving God. We can trust him. And this is the very, very important message. And I think the other thing that I observe too, and we look often with how religion is viewed and how people who have claimed to be Christians have have done things that are really bad and therefore people, you know, sort of think, well, uh, not so good of the Christian faith. But we need to remember that when we consider the Christian faith, we need to look at the life of Jesus And the life of Jesus was one of making people feel special, telling people that they were wanted, that they were special to God and letting them know by at that time performing those miracles. But we need to remember every sick person in Israel or Samaria or nearby wasn't healed at that time. There were the people that came to Jesus and Jesus healed the people that came and taught. And that was to build people people's faith um, at that uh, particular time and so the message could be carried on. But as I mentioned earlier too, and a lot of people say, well, uh, you know, we want evidence-based. Science provides evidence. Well, the Bible provides evidence too in that the Bible is the personal testimony of people that knew God and experienced God. And just as Hilka experienced God in her life and the spikes on that spine were disappeared the 
the uh, material of her backbone strengthened so that she didn't have to wear the, the, the brace and that it happened um, very quickly at that time during that camp. Um, we have these, these evidences that, you know, miracles do occur and God can do that just as he created the earth and one day he's going to recreate us. Um, and that will be the most uh, amazing miracle of healing ever when that happens. But um, there is also very strong evidence that the Christian faith and indeed many religious faiths increase self-control. And across a series of studies, researchers have found that the more people prayed, for example, the less likely they were to drink heavily. Now, this wasn't just because highly religious people are less inclined to do so to begin with. The researchers found that people assigned to pray daily for four weeks drank about half as much alcohol as participants in the control condition that were not directed to pray. Similarly, in another study that measured behaviour over time, the researchers observed that a person's prayer at an earlier date predicted a reduction in alcohol consumption at a later date. Um, married couples who are happy to sacrifice for each other experience less marital distress. And they found that um, where the couples pray for one another, it strengthened the relationship. Um, in another study, the more people prayed for a romantic partner or close friend, the happier they were with the sacrifices they made for her or him. And I think this is really consistent with the Bible message and what Jesus taught that the thing that God wants us to do is to recognise that he is a God of love, a God who loves us and love him back by reading his Bible, praying and wanting to understand and, and reach out to God and understand about God by reading his word and reading the stories of people who've been touched by a loving God. And the other thing is to pass this on then and to love our neighbour, to do good things, to be a blessing to those around us. You've been listening to Faith and Science and remember if you want to look up um, some of these um, past episodes, just Google 3ABN Australia or one word, .org.au and click on the radio button. There is also the exciting news that the this series, Faith and Science, is now available as a podcast on many of the podcast sites on the internet, including the Apple podcast site and uh, Spotify and many others. And other of my programs too, uh, such as... Um, Science Conversations, and the Evolution Impossible TV series. The sound from that series is now available as podcasts. These series provide in particular a lot of evidence for why evolution is absolutely impossible. And 
remember that if you find these uh, series helpful, please notify uh, your friends on your social media about the availability of these free programs now that are available as podcasts on the internet. I'm Dr. John Ashton. Have a great day. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.